Amen. Amen. As we remain standing for the reading of God's holy word, amen. The series is entitled Emotional Pitfalls. Amen. We walk by faith and not by sight, not by how we feel or what we think about what we think people think about us. Amen. The old folk had it right, cousin. Talk about me as much as you please. But the more you talk, I'm going to bend my knees. Amen. So this is the fifth message in this series. Let me warn you, to those of you who like to jump, shout, and run, there's another week coming for you. For those of you who just like to listen and pay attention, this is your message. Amen. I want you to hear the words that God speaks to us in this fifth message. The text is found in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 6 through verse 9, reading from the New Living Translation. Powerful testimony of emotional pitfalls. Verse 6 of 1 Samuel chapter 18 says, When the victorious Israelite army was returning home after David had killed the Philistine, women from all the towns of Israel came out to meet King Saul. They sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. This was their song. Saul killed his thousands. And they said, David, his ten thousands. This made Saul very angry. What's this? He said, they credit David with 10,000 and me with only thousands. Next, they'll be making him their king. And here is where the subject for this fifth message is taken from verse number nine. So from that time on, listen to this. Saul kept a jealous eye on David. And the church that loves God's word said amen. 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 Reach over and catch someone by the hand. Do me a favor. The series is entitled Emotional Pitfalls. This is the fifth message out of seven messages in this series. Now this message is personal. We ain't talking about nobody else. <laughs> this is just for us. Amen. Uh, squeeze those hands. Look at somebody and say, don't be jealous. That's what we want to talk about. Don't be jealous. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Although, as I said to the congregation this morning, my 11-year-old granddaughter introduced me to a new word. She call it jelly. 
And I didn't know what she was talking about. I thought she was talking about peanut butter and jelly. And she said, no, granddad, jelly means when you're jealous of somebody, they tell the young people, don't be jelling. So look at somebody and say, don't be jelly. Don't do it. Y'all help me. In, in, in fact, put your hands on your own heart. Say, don't you do it. Don't do it. May I take my time and share this this morning? Listen, in, in this message today, in today's message, God has given us a very specific and special assignment. He has said that he would like for us to discuss what is perhaps one of the most troubling emotional pitfalls of them all. And that is the emotion, the pitfall of jealousy. Jealousy. Mm. Jealousy has been described as, quote, a mental cancer. In other words, it destroys you from the inside out. Jealousy can cause great pain in the life of the individual who is the object of another person's jealousy. We all admit that there are people who've been hurt by somebody else's jealousy. But here's what I really want you to pay attention to. Jealousy can also be very detrimental to the well-being of the one who is jealous. Amen. It causes great pain to others, but it can be very detrimental to someone who operates in the atmosphere of jealousy. There is a wonderful quote that says this, and it's by an unknown author. It simply says, those that are jealous may be troublesome to others, but they are a torment to themselves. They don't realize that they hurt others, but they really destroy themselves. That's why the assignment from the Lord this morning is to put this in some perspective. Help us understand that as faith walkers, as people of faith, we can operate under the atmosphere of jealousy. I know it's hard and to some people you say, well, it's just an attitude they have. It's a spirit. And I'll share with you what the Bible says about it. Listen, in the Songs of Solomon, King Solomon, the wisest man to have ever lived, writes this about jealousy in chapter 8 and verse 6. The King James Version, Solomon says, Jealousy is as cruel as the grave. In other words, jealousy will kill you. It will destroy you. 
If you've got children that are operating in jealous, out of jealousy, you, you need to pay attention to them. And don't just say, well, that's how they are. No, kids that incorporate this in their lives take it with them throughout their life. Amen. It is bad. It is horrible. James, the brother of Jesus, writes in the third chapter, verses 15 and 16, in the book of James, the New Living Translation, James writes these most profound words when he says, For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Listen to what James goes on to write. He says, such things, listen to how he describes jealousy. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Pay attention to demonic. Jealousy is a spirit from the devil. It is demonic. Don't act cute and think you can be a faith walker and a believer and just have a little bit of jealousy in you. I don't want even a little bit of demons in me. I, I don't want any demonic influence operating out of my life. Amen, somebody? Listen, James goes on to write, for wherever there is jealousy, listen to this, and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Reason why organizations fall apart is from within. The reason why groups fall apart from within, why families sometimes fall apart within. When you're jealous of each other, when I don't care where you are, don't, don't let anybody push you to think that, that, that you have to compete with other folk. And, and may I say this in a very special way? I want to speak to all of my church folk, church leaders, even those perhaps that are listening by way of radio. Your church is not in competition with other churches. Don't let the devil bring that evil foolishness in your life. To think that somehow you've got to be in competition with somebody else. The only enemy we have is the devil. And, and if we're not careful, the enemy comes in and he pits us against each other. And he have you thinking, well, my church is better than yours. Yours is greater than mine. And that's an that's argument from the pit of hell. And it has no place in the kingdom of God because James says such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. And it brings disorder to anything that God is trying to establish. It brings disorder to your life if you operate under the passion of jealousy. You've got to ask God, and I know sometimes it's hard. You've got to ask God to give you a loving spirit uh, where you can celebrate the success of others just like it has happened to you. 
May I preach this? Listen, for I have come to realize something. <laughs> I, have, I haven't always understood this, uh, but I've come to realize that people really do not have to have a reason to be jealous of you. I want to deliver some of you that think it's your fault that people don't like you, that folk are hating on you. Folk really, some folk can just look at you and don't like you. Some folk have so much hate and envy and jealousy in their heart, there is nothing you have done. Folk don't really have to have a reason to be jealous of you. In fact, the great Mahatma Gautama says this. He says, and I quote, he says, jealousy does not wait for reason. <laughs> if you're still trying to figure out why some folk don't like you, and you think, well, maybe I need to tone it down a little bit, and maybe I don't need to wear certain things, I, I don't need to be, no, just live in the life that God has called you to live in. You can't control what demons think about you. I haven't always understood this. There have been times in my life, other glory, that I used to I used to punish myself and I used to try to figure out, Lord, and, and, and my sisters and brothers used to tell me, Daryl, you think everybody's gonna like you? And I really thought it was my fault. Why, why? What have I done wrong? I try to be nice until God delivered me. And God says, sometimes you haven't done anything. Sometimes it's the demon in other folk uh, that's allowing them to hate on you because of what God has blessed you with. Joseph said to his brothers, what you meant for evil, God intended it for my good. Amen, somebody? Let me share with you jealousy, jealousy and its impact. The second sin recorded in scriptures was because of jealousy. The first sin was the disobedience of Adam and Eve. Second sin is found in Genesis chapter 4, and it deals with the jealousy of two brothers. In fact, one brother. <laughs> the jealousy of Cain of his younger brother Abel. Not even knowing Cain was the oldest. He had the inheritance coming to him, but yet he was jealous simply because Abel, according to the text, gave God a more excellent gift. And the Lord spoke to Cain even before he killed his brother. And the Lord said to Cain in verses 6 and verse 7, the Lord asked him, he says, New Living Translation, why are you so angry? The Lord asked King, why do you look so dejected? I want to read this. Genesis chapter 4, verse 7, the New Living Translation. He goes on and says to King, you will be accepted if you do what's right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then look at what the Lord says. Look at somebody and say, watch out. And take note of what God says. He says to Cain, sin is crouching at your door. This emotion, this jealousy uh, that's taken over your life, it is sin. 
and is crouching at the door, eager to control you. And then God gives him some advice that he did not take. The Lord said to him, but you must subdue it and it be and, and subdue it and be its master, not allow it to master you. Look at somebody and say, you better control it and don't let it control you. We've got to have enough faith to say, get behind me, Satan. Uh, when the enemy comes in like a flood, we've got to tell the enemy, no weapon formed against me. You've got to be able to subdue that spirit that enters your subconscious, that enters your mind and talks bad about somebody else. You've got to control it because if you do not control it, it will destroy your life. May I talk to somebody about that? There are folk that are sitting right next to you that are insanely jealous for no reason at all. There are folk that work with you that you haven't done anything, anything to hurt them, but they are jealous of you. But you've got to take control and don't uh, respond with the same evil response that they have. Amen. An eye for an eye leaves everybody blind. A tooth for a tooth leaves everybody unhappy but the dentist. Because everybody loses their teeth. But if you can take somebody's ill repute, you can take somebody's mistreatment and say to God be the glory and still pray for them and still love them. And in the name of Jesus, I touch and agree that I'll pray for you even when you're trying to destroy me. Listen, in our text, we have a wonderful, powerful story of perhaps what is, what was one of the greatest examples in all of the Bible of jealousy as an emotional pitfall. The text involves the story and the testimony of a man by the name of Saul who became the first king of Israel. And Saul's insane jealousy of his young protege by the name of David. Let me set the stage for you and hopefully you'll understand why Saul had no reason to be jealous. First of all, Saul was called, appointed, and chosen to be a leader in Israel. At 30 years old, Saul became the first king of Israel. In fact, he didn't volunteer for the job. Saul was somewhat insecure. And the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel uh, that when Saul was chosen, he was, quote, hiding among the stuff and when God called him God they asked him to stand and when he stood they said he was head and shoulders above everybody else God had called him. I'm going somewhere God had set him up to be blessed he didn't even know himself how blessed he was he was a mighty warrior he was a king he was good-looking he was charismatic he had 
everything going for him, but he could not subdue the spirit and the demonic force of jealousy. His emotions became a pitfall in his life. Let me tell you about Saul. Go back and read. You can read 1 Samuel and it'll give you the story. So the Bible says there were times in which Saul killed thousands of enemies. He and his sons were great warriors. There was one battle in which they destroyed 6,000 enemies. Others fleed. Saul was a mighty conqueror. He was a warrior. He was a great king. People loved Saul. In fact, the people chose Saul. Amen. And so he was well loved. He was powerful. He was being used by God. But yet he struggled with an internal demon called insecurity. He struggled with the demon of thinking that somebody was out to take what he thought belonged to him. What he should have realized that if God gives it, only God can take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What God has for you is for you. I like what the old church used to say. This joy I have, world can't take it away. World didn't get it. The world can't take it away. How many of you know every blessing you have, not a devil from the pit of hell can take anything from you without permission from God. Job was touched by the enemy, but after God gave permission and God limited the scope of Satan's mission. Ooh, what I'm telling you is that Satan may impact your life, but if you walk with God, God would only let the devil go so far. I, all I need is just a handful of witnesses. I, I don't know. I just, I just need, maybe this doesn't apply to anybody in here. But, but, just, but just let me see. Is there anybody in here that God has brought you from a mighty long ways? That God set you up in positions you never thought you would have? That God opened doors for you that were once closed in your face? That God elevated you to heights that nobody ever thought you would ascend to. I just want to make sure I'm in the right place. Is there anybody in here God has ever set you up for greatness? Has God been good to you? Then clap those hands, open your... Every blessing you have is because God thought you were worthy of it. Woo! I feel like preaching. I, I didn't want to get too carried away, but I feel something in here. Uh, uh, the old folk put it this way. When you see me walking right, when you see me doing my best, it is God using me. He used my hand to do the working with I need somebody to know that the only reason you're still here is because God has blessed you. And the reason why the enemy hasn't taken you out is because God is not through with you yet. Somehow, Pastor Lawson, Saul forgot the source of his blessings. And when you forget how you got there, 
Some of us have been blessed so long, somehow we have fooled ourselves to think we did it. But then there are those of us who know the difference. Some of us know it had to have been the Lord because you didn't have sense enough to do it for yourself. And when you could not do it, God made a way out of it. No, when somebody know you're blessed because God has been good to you, clap those hands, do me a favor, shabak God one time so everybody can hear you. Here is the problem. You remember that humble young man at 30 called Saul? that was so humble that God was looking for him that he hid among the stuff. Somehow he got full of himself and he forgot the origin of his blessings. Ooh, I'm preaching to somebody right now. I'm preaching to somebody who's already climbed to the other side of the rough mountain and you think you've always been like that. Somebody help me. I got two words for you that I want to shout it until you're deaf. Somebody holler, but God. <laughs> Every time I get full of myself, God reminds me, but God. But God. Somebody know that God has done something for you that only God could have done. Saul's jealousy changed his life. It made him a different person. He forgot about the Saul who was the warrior who conquered so many. And so this, this innate, this internal struggle was triggered in our text. And I want to show you something. It was triggered in verses 6 and 7. One day when David saw, you should remember David, that's the young man you invited into your house to play his musical instrument to calm your troubled soul. Woo! Saul, you should remember David. That's the young man who killed Goliath for the nation of Israel who declared to the giant from Gath called Goliath, you come in the name of all of your armor, but I come in the name of the Lord my God, Saul invited David, the soldier, the warrior, to become a part of his army. And one day the army went out to fight against the Philistine. And God gave him the victory. Please don't forget that. Look at somebody and say, God gave him the victory. In fact, look at the text. Can I take 10 more minutes? Look at the text. Verses 6 and 7 says, When the victorious Israelite army, note the text, deacons, note the text, all of my veterans, it, the, the text did not say when the victorious David did it. It says when the victorious Israelite army was returning home, after David killed the Philistine, now so everybody was victorious. Woo! You got the victory. 
And so we've got to understand when one succeeds, we all succeed. When, when somebody comes and say, I thank God for Deacon Clarence Smith, they're thanking God for you. When somebody comes and says, Sergeant Teresa King ought to be blessed, they're thanking God for you. We all succeed. We, we, help me, Holy Ghost. I need to preach this. We need to overcome this insatiable evil desire to think when our name isn't called, folk have forgotten about us. If they talk about your church, they talk about you. If they talk about your choir, they talk about you. All of you don't have to lead a song, but when they say the choir is good, that's all of y'all. Preach, Pastor Jackson. The victorious Israelites represented everybody. Carlos, they didn't get it. It represented everybody. And when they returned, David, who by the way, was in Saul's army, who was the king. David was just a soldier. Uh, Saul was, I told the church this morning, as the pastor, I'm so proud when folk tell me good stuff. When folk tell me, oh, Pastor Lawson preached that funeral, I stick my chest out and say, y'all know who his pastor is. <laughs> they don't have to brag about you, but when they talk about you, that's all of us. Amen, somebody. Saul forgot he was the king. So here's the story. Oh, y'all got to give me time to preach this. Listen, I'm almost done. When they return, the women, look at the text, from all the towns of Israel, now I want you to see something, came out to meet. Maybe I'm overlooking something. Maybe I, I, I misread this. Maybe the text said they really came out to celebrate David. Shake your head and say, no. They came out to meet King Saul. And they sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. And this was their song. And I need you to go with me and pay close attention to the word that is in the text and the word that is not in the text. And, and this was their song. Saul has killed his thousands. But listen to what the text does not say. The next word is not but. Can I preach this? If they would have substituted but for and, it would have changed the whole flavor of the text. Amen? If somebody comes and says, you know what? Jackson is all right, but cough is better. <laughs> then it's all right. That means that it, he, he's better than me. That's fine. But the text doesn't say that because God selectively chooses his words carefully and he puts them in the voices and in the minds of people and they said David killed Saul killed his thousands and in a 
addition to what you've done, King Saul, I want you to know that David, who's a part of your army, killed 10,000. In other words, I'm not elevating David over you. I'm saying all of y'all bad boys. But when you got to be the alpha male in the group, when nobody can be praised but you, when everything got the center around you, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, when nobody can get glory but you, then you've got a problem. And Saul had a problem because he overlooked the word and. And means, and in addition to what you've done, this is what God has also woo, done. And here's what the Bible says. Verse 8 says, he became so angry. He was concerned that the people were trying to make David king. Oh, I wish I had time. Y'all got to come back Tuesday night. Because what he should have remembered is that the people can't do anything without God's permission. Woo. Let me tell you something. Man can try all they want, but if God be for you, who can be against you? Nobody can do anything. Somebody say, well, they're out to get you, Pastor Jackson. I said, do everything you can, but you can't do anything as long as I'm under the protection of God. As long as I do what God has called me to do, no weapon formed against you. No hater, no backbiter, nobody can destroy what God has already set up in your life. And verse number nine, and from that moment on, the Bible says Saul kept a jealous eye on David. That means it was over for Saul. God says, I can't use you. I can't use somebody that insecure. I can't use somebody who's so jealous of what I'm gonna do for the next generation. You ought not be jealous of young people. You ought to celebrate them. I appreciate what the older deacons have done for the younger deacons. I appreciate what the older folk are doing for the younger folk. We ought to highlight chosen generation and young people. We ought to put them up in high position. Thank you, TJ. Thank you, Chris and Anthony. All of these young people, we ought to celebrate. It doesn't mean that God has taken anything away from us. It means that God's got something in addition to what he's doing for us. God has something else to make all of us greater. Am I right about it? And from that moment on, here's what the Bible says. Saul lost his tell you something. Saul's jealousy did not impact David's destiny. But it changed Saul's future. I'm going somewhere. Look at somebody and say, it does not impact your destiny. What other folk think about you. But how you respond can change your future. Amen. Saul lost everything. 1 Samuel 
tells us at a battle, Saul fell on his own sword. He took his own life. His three sons died on the battlefield. The only descendant he had left was his, his handicapped grandson that David took care of the rest of his life. I'm going somewhere. Don't let it consume you. Three points quickly, and we'll deal with this Tuesday night. I told you I didn't want you to shout. I want you to hear this. Three things that God says we need to be aware of. Number one is this. Jealousy is a destructive emotional pitfall that is referred to in the Bible as unspiritual and demonic. Tell somebody it comes from the devil. Number two, jealousy can ruin the lives of others as well as ruin the lives of those of us who are consumed by it. We'll deal with this Tuesday night. Look at somebody and say, it destroys your life. But here's the one I want to focus on for just two minutes. Point number three. Woo. The antidote, the answer, the cure, the remedy, the prescription to jealousy, don't miss this, is having confidence and faith in what God is doing in our own lives. Woo reason why I'm not going to be consumed with jealousy because I know what God is doing in my own life. Is there anybody know what God is doing in your life? Ooh, the antidote for jealousy is God, I trust you in my life. And if there's anything you need to get me, make a way, Lord. Anything you need to do, make a way. The antidote to jealousy is believing that what God has done for others he can do for us. Stand to your feet all over this place. Catch someone by the hand and say, neighbor, what God has for you is for you. When God gets ready to bless you, can't nobody stop what God has for you. You don't have to worry about what other folk have. Just celebrate what God is doing in your own life. Clap those hands, open your mouth, give God a praise. Come on, somebody. Come on. Celebrate. Get ready. Look at somebody say, get ready. Your best days are yet to come. Be not weary in well-doing. For in due season, you shall reap a blessing if you fail not. Anybody know that God has something with your name on it? Come on, we can celebrate what God is. So from this moment on, I want to help you out. Do not allow your life to be consumed with the spirit of jealousy. In fact, if you see something magnificent God is doing in somebody else's life, I need you to do me a favor and celebrate like you've never celebrated before. when somebody asks you why are you so happy you can say because I now know what God can do and if God can do it for you God can do it for me anybody know God ain't through blessing you I got to go but I want you
you to support God one time. Throw your head back. Give God a best praise from the depths of your belly. Tell him thank you. Come on, Zion. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Better days are coming. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get you a praise partner and say, help me celebrate what God is about to do. Church, you got 30 seconds to put your best praise on eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered. is trying to convince us of. The devil said, what's going on with the church? I said, you haven't seen anything yet. The devil said, well, what, what do you think the church is going to be like in 20 years? I said, I has not seen. There's some sons and daughters of yours. There's some grandchildren of yours that will prophesy, that will proclaim God's words. There's some future deacons and missionaries and church mothers and leaders. And there's some folk that God's raising up. Tell somebody, get ready, get ready, get ready. Meet me at the altar. Leave your seat. Make your way now. Say, bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. God is not through with you. <laughs> when you know that God is not through with you, I try to live my life without one jealous bone. I'm not saying it always happens, but I know how to rebuke demons. Woo! Because when I see God blessing somebody else, I say, uh oh, mine is on the way. <laughs> Somebody look at somebody and say, yours is on the way. Encourage somebody and say, just hold on. Tell them, just rejoice in advance. Dance in advance. You won't be broke always. You're not going to be like this always. I got to go. But when I... And all he's done for me, my soul cries out. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for future blessings. Thank you. Y'all excuse us. God just showed me a prophetic blessing. Somebody's about to be blessed.
something I want to say something to future church leaders of the Bible Way Church about this world I may not be here not sure how long the Lord is gonna have but if I'm not here I want you to remember one thing nothing great can be built on a selfish foundation Choir, this has to be bigger than you. Musicians, it's got to be bigger than you. Deacons, elders, ministers, pastors, it's bigger than all of us. Ooh, the mission has to be greater than the missionary. The purpose has to be greater than the pastor. Amen. Because when God gets ready to bless us, God says, I'll open up something in you that you don't even know that's coming. Ooh, that's why point number three, when you have confidence and faith in what God is doing in your own life, <laughs> woo, you ain't got time to be jealous of nobody else. <laughs> Amen, somebody. I wish every church under the sound of my voice well. I want you to grow and prosper I want every ministry to do exceptionally well. I want everybody to do well because there are enough blessings that God has to bless all of us. Listen to the words of the song. I need you. You need me. We all are a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me. We all are a part of God's body. It is his will that every need be supplied. This is the part that I like. Look at somebody and say, you are important to me. I need you to survive. Come on, quiet. Put those hands together. Everybody lift those hands and yeah. I need you. I 
Come on, tell your neighbor, you are important to me. Everybody, I need you. I need you to survive. Take it from the top. I need you. Come on. Say, I need you. I need you. You need me. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me. Stand with me. Agree with me. Those of you that are struggling with your emotions, perhaps you need something stronger to lean on than your own understanding, your own reputation. It is so important to have a genuine relationship with God. David is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. For the Bible says that when David had a chance, an opportunity to take King Saul's life, he resisted that spirit. He, he, he cut off a piece of his garment, left it with him, just to say to Saul, I could have destroyed you, but I did that. When you know who you are and whose you are, you know that your mission is greater than anybody's personality and what anyone is doing against you. I'm here to say to you today that you need a relationship with God. If you've not committed to something greater than you, the reason why we commit to ministries, reason why we, we say, Lord, here am I, is because we say to everything and everyone around us, that I'm committed to something greater than myself. Amen. I invite you to do that. If you're looking for something that's solid, it has to be the Lord. Otherwise, you can't make it. In fact, we are praying for our dear sister, Sister LaShawn. Amen. We are praying for you. I know it's tough. Amen. Pastor Lawson and others, just lay your hands on her, okay? For on Friday, she buried her husband in a very tragic situation. Whew. But she's here today because she is surrounded by other folk that she know has her and lift her up. Amen. I can't imagine what you're going through. Amen. To have endured a situation like that and 
and a situation that was so public. Ooh. But you may have read the news, but you don't really know the story, okay? And I'm saying to you today, we're praying for you, my dear sister. You could be somewhere in the bed with your heads under the cover, but you're here worshiping God because you know great is he that is in you than he that is against you, amen. To all of you, close those eyes, catch someone by the hand. Eternal Father, we thank you. We, we bless you this day. We honor you. We thank you, Lord. You have challenged us in this fifth message of this series for us not to allow the emotions of jealousy to control our lives. Lord, let us not be consumed with the success of others thinking that we have missed out on something. You reminded us that we have not. That what you've done for others, you can very well do for us. And we say thank you. Help us to be content with who we are, what we have, what you've called us to be. God, I pray for and against every evil spirit, every demonic spirit that's trying to take over someone's life, trying to remind them of how bad off they are. We declare and decree on this day that the devil is a liar. For great is he that is in us than he that is against us. We touch and agree that better days are ahead, that we haven't seen anything yet, that eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the imagination or the hearts of men what you have in store for us. We thank you in advance. We pray for the hands that we're holding, uh, those hands that we're holding right now. We may not know their story, but we pray for them. We pray your blessings on somebody else. We pray prosperity in somebody else's life. Bless somebody with a financial blessing. Bless somebody with a health blessing. Bless somebody right now whose family may be falling apart. <laughs> but we say it is already done. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap those hands. Look at somebody and say, I need you and you need me. If you want to commit your life to the Lord, if you want to join the church today, amen. Come on. We, we, if you want to make that commitment right now, amen. God is come. We would love to have you a part of this fellowship. If you just want to be saved, if you want more information from the Lord, if God is calling you to something greater and higher, come on. I need Come on in. I pray for you. I pray. I pray. You pray Maybe God is calling you. Maybe God is calling you. You've got to deal with your own struggles. Uh, if God is calling you to something higher, come on. Clap those hands. Give God a hand up.
Amen. We, we need each other.